All right, if I could have everybody take your seats. So we have a few announcements before we get started with the service, but beforehand, I've got to just ask the congregation a question. Who knows what tomorrow is? Reformation Day. 505 years ago tomorrow, Martin Luther nailed 95 theses onto a door. So today, just take some time and think that 505 years ago today, he was sitting in his room going, 91? What else? 92? This got to go out tomorrow. Big day for us all, so just uh, take a moment. You get to celebrate a day that's not cultural Halloween, and just think about what God has done in the movement of the church over 2,000 years. It's another what? It's also a true Nevada day. Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, 1863, I think. Four. Okay, I was close. That was a year off. I got the 1517 right. Nobody cared about that. <laughs> so for our... For our announcements, we have welcome cards in the pews. If this is your first time, if you would like to get more involved, if you have a prayer request, any of those are great reasons to fill one of them out, put them in the tithe box at the back of the sanctuary. Our staff will go through them and either reach out to you or uh, be praying on your prayer requests. New members classes, November 6th and 11th after second service in the history room. So if you are interested in figuring out a little bit more about who we are, what our goals are, uh, how to become more involved in the church, that's a great time to be there. Lunch is provided. We've got sign-up sheets for that at the welcomes counter. And for people who have been here for a little bit, you know that if we have new membership classes November 6th and November 11th, then November 13th, Oh, okay, I see. There's a type. I was like, oh, the 20th doesn't work. November 20th, we're doing baptisms. That is right. So we will be joining people as they give their lives to Christ, make a public confession. It will be an awesome time. If you are looking to get baptized, you can talk to Miss Jeannie Adams or Pastor Carlos, and we will get that taken care of for you. Love and Compassion Ministry is going to be putting together uh, the Thanksgiving food boxes to give out to families. So if you are able, we would love if you could donate some money so that we can purchase the items for that ministry. Um, you can do it online or in person with the tithe box. Women's Ministry is taking orders for the annual pie sale. That's right. Who loves pie? Okay, two people. That's fine. I know in your hearts there were a lot more, yeah. <laughs> so if you would like to purchase a pie or if you are willing to donate a pie, you can sign up for both of those uh, in the foyer uh, at, between services. We're selling chili dogs, chili, and hot dogs after second service in the gym. That's right. That's three things that I know you all love too. So uh, we are donating the money for that um, to help the teens get to NYC. Don't be confused, it's in Tampa. That's the Nazarene Youth Conference. Um, so stop by for lunch, buy a chili dog, or you can buy them separately, a hot dog and chili, and uh, we will be sending those proceeds to get uh, our kids out there. Home Church is putting on another Christmas play this year, and we're excited. There is a Christmas play sign-up sheet at the welcome counter. We need actors and actresses of all ages, as well as people to help with props, 
stage setup, costumes, all of the good stuff that goes into making a production. We need all the help we can get to make this successful, so please make sure if you are interested, sign up today, and we will begin working on that. And at this point, we're going to bring up Mr. Mike McDaniel. Yeah, give an applause to Mike McDaniel. I need, kind of need Pastor Carlos here for this as well. Is he hiding? There he is. Okay, so October is a Pastor Appreciation Month, so um, we all certainly appreciate our pastor. And, um, Amen. <laughs> so I've uh, got a few things here, to just a few things to present to him, but before I do that, I want to say, personally, I want to say thank you for being our pastor. Um, you started on this journey, it's almost been three years now, because if you count the time when he was our interim pastor, and for those of you that weren't around then or don't remember, um, Pastor Todd left, he had another, another calling to another church, and then we were kind of left with no pastor right around Christmas time, which is <laughs> kind of a weird time not to have a pastor. So Carlos stepped up. And we just kind of kept on going smoothly. And uh, during that interim period, which was from, I don't know, a few months, I think it was seven or eight months. And then we made him our, our senior lead pastor in August of that year. And now it's been, it'll be three years come January that he's actually been our pastor. So that, that's an awesome thing. <laughs> so I, I know you've been getting cards throughout the, the, the month from various folks, but we still, here's a few more from, from, from some more folks. And then here's this, and don't lose that because there's a check in there. <laughs> Actually, you have to give it back to me quick because I'll give it to you second service. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so this, this is accumulation of all the, the donations that your church family has uh, offered to you as, as, the, as a uh, way of saying thank you for all you do. Thanks, thanks for your Awesome Sunday sermons, your, your passion that you have. Thanks for your, um, your leadership, and thanks for just caring about all of us. You, you have a heart for people, and, and it shows in how, how you do your job every day. So thanks so much. One more hand of, for Pastor Carlos. So that's it for all of our announcements this week. So we are going to be moving into our time of corporate worship together. We're going to be moving into our time of giving. This is our time where we have to say thank you so much to everybody who has been faithful through giving tithes and offerings. Uh, it is a biblical choice to make. Uh, if you want any proof of that, you can view last week's sermon. Um, and it is a choice that really is needed to make uh, the church do what it does. So thank you so much for that. We offer three ways you can give. You can do it in person. There's a box at the back of the sanctuary, online through our website, or you can mail in uh, your tithe. 
If I could have everybody at this time just bow your heads, we're going to enter our time of prayer to God. Father God, we are so thankful to be able to be here, to meet together as a church family in your presence, to grow as believers and as a community. We just ask that you would continue to have your hand on Pastor Carlos today through his message, through this worship that we're going to be doing together, that we can be in a spot where we open our hearts and open our lives to be consumed not by the world but by you, your love, and what you have done for us by sending your son to die on the cross. There's no way to repay this. And so we just ask that you would take all of the blessings of our tithes and of our singing as our offering to you, and that you would bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, church, this morning. And I, I want to say something real quick. I so appreciate that, but I would not be able to do it without my beautiful family. Um, everything that I do. And... Uh, and there was something inside of me, too, that was like, you know, I can't receive this. I can't, I can't receive this donation um, uh, because, you know, we've got Christmas around the corner, all this stuff. And I'm thinking, Lord, I can't. And he just told me to say this to you. And I know this is God. Um, whoever, whoever did that, whoever decided to during this time, he just wants, he wants me to tell you, because you bless the man of God and his family, your jars are not going to go empty this winter. Your jars will be full, and I so so again. I just got to honor God, and I just want to say thank you uh, for doing that. You did not have to do that, but we so appreciate it. This morning, before we start worship, um, I want to lift up a, a family. Uh, this morning, um, I had the privilege. Uh, the staff and I. Um, it was so crazy. About a month ago, God laid on my heart. Every month I, sp I would speak to this gentleman, see how he's doing. Every other month at least, we'd talk to one another. Just, just want to thank him for his faithfulness. He hasn't been to church in almost two years because of COVID. And, uh, but he was faithful online. And the staff and I had the uh, a privilege to sit with him and eat lunch with him. Our brother, Bill Warner. And then his, yes, amen. <laughs> Something was pressing on me saying, you know, he needs to get to the church. And so I called, I called Brother Bill. I said, Bill, would you like to come to church and see the remodel? I know you haven't been here for two years. He goes, I would love to, but I just, it's hard for me to get out of, it's hard for me to go anywhere. And I said, you know what? I don't care if it takes all day. We'll get you here. We'll eat and you'll see the church. And he goes to the church and he walks in the uh, history room and he saw the quilt had his wife's name on it. Darlene and he's looking at it and the way he looked at it it was almost like I'm ready to see her and I'm sure he's already thought that but the way he looked at it was like I'm ready to see my wife and I just looked at him and I just I just I didn't say anything and he stared at it for the longest time we had lunch and we're getting ready to leave and his daughter says you know pastor she says my father liked you the moment he met you. I said, really? So that's good. She says, no, he, he really did. He, 
he was shocked because we were the first people at church every Sunday until you showed up. For 15 years, we were the first people here, and you showed up, and he goes, who's this guy washing the windows at 7.30 in the morning? And she said, that's our new worship leader. He goes, I like him. And then Bill looks at me, and he says, you know, you were the right man for the job then, and you were the right man for the job now. So I want someone to come up and pray for Bill Warner, for the family, um, who I'm not going to see again, but I'll see him in heaven. Amen. Could we have someone come and pray for the Warner family? Thank you, Jeannie. Father, thank you so much for Bill. Father, thank you for his faithfulness um, watching online and for his heart and how he loves this church. And Father, now that he is with you, be with his family. Father, as they um, walk through missing him at you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and all those times of the year, Father, be with them, wrap your arms around them. Father, thank you so much that we got to know him and he got to be a part of this family. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I got a um, praise report real quick. We just had a Harvest Fest on Friday night, and it was an amazing, yes, it was an amazing thing. Not only did we uh, have fun, candy, and games, and, uh, but there were so many, countless, I couldn't even, I couldn't even count, children, parents, teenagers that gave their life to Jesus. Amen. This is, I would say if I had to pick an anthem for this, for this series, this is the anthem right here, I believe. Let it be known from the mountaintop. One, two, three, four. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. Since when has impossible 
Savior, he's hallelujah. But most importantly, here for us right now, if you're dead in spirit, if you're dead in your body, Jesus can cause these dead bones to come alive this morning. Amen. I said, This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out.
This is the sound of Miss Bill, I'm gonna miss Bill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Cuando pele de rodillas, mis manos asaré. Oh, Dios, la batalla.
something that is very hard and when I say that I think of our sister um, from Iowa um, sister Jan Moyer 
She's, she's with us every week online. She's from Iowa. And so when we sing out this next chorus, not only do I want you to sing it as we're worshiping God, but maybe there's something you're facing that you're, you're taking on and you just need to give it to God like our sister who said, Pastor, I have to stop the chemo. Pray that I have a gentle journey home. And when I called her on the phone, this woman who's, who's going through her lot is encouraging me. I'm like, she knows who's fighting the battle. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll see through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. So when I Dear sister, Jen, this morning, Lord, wherever she's at, Jen, if you could hear the sound of my voice, just know there's a church. I know you said it feels like you know us, but it feels like we know you. There's a church who's behind you, who loves you, who's praying for you right now in Jesus' name. Yes. And we're here for you. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit just come upon her in her room as she's with hospice right now, Lord, the blood of Jesus over our sister, I pray, Lord, it will be a gentle journey home. Cover our sister and remind her, Lord, that you love her more than anything. And I pray, Lord, God, you just be with her right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have our sister come down and pray, amen. Let's bow our heads as our sister prays this morning for the service. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that the battle is yours. We're thankful, Lord, that we don't have to fight it alone because you are with us. And Lord, we do thank you that many of us understand what uh, Ronnie Warner is going through with the loss of her dad. And yet we think about how he was a churchman a godly influence, a great teacher, a great lover of Jesus, and also a great singer. And so we lift up the Werner family. We know those granddaughters are agonizing because he was the fathered image to them. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are always with us. We thank you that you are three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
We thank you that you have overcome the evil one. And the Bible reminds us that you are stronger and greater in us than the devil who is in the world. And so for those who do not know you, we pray that today through our pastor's message, you will save them, enable them to see that you do fight their battles and that you love them so much that you gave your one and only son that whosoever believes in him, Jesus, will not die but will live forever and ever in heaven with you. And so we thank you for that. And Lord, as pastor presents this message this morning, let us be reminded that when we're through here on earth, we have two destinations. One is heaven with you, to reign with you forever. And the other is hell which we want to avoid at all costs. So we pray that your message would resonate with each and every one here in person and those who are watching online as well. And Lord, this morning as we hear this interview, we pray that the words of their mouth and the meditation and love of their heart would be acceptable in your eyes and Lord, help us to hear what it is that they are saying to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, church. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. Um, we've got a, a short uh, video to show you um, before we get started. Uh, this, th none of this here, this is just to awaken us, to show us what is really going on. And I wanted to use some of the newer stuff that's going on right now in 2022. But I... I Something in my spirit said, can't do it. Um, and I don't encourage you to look for yourself, but um, the evidence is there. The stuff they're doing right now in the entertainment, from gaming to entertainment to everything, I couldn't show today. So I had to go back just a little bit where the seeds were planted. Um, and so uh, let's go ahead and get this video. young people become less religious in this country, witches like Lorelai and Erica continue to see their covens grow. I don't know what disturbed my family more. Uh, me telling them I was gay, me telling them I was an atheist, or me telling them I was a Satanist. They kept throwing away the books every time they found them. So like the Satanic Bible I have now, uh, the paperback, is the fourth one I had to buy. All hail the honor of God. Hi, it's Thomas. We're in Cleveland outside the House of Wills. Uh, this is an old funeral home owned by one Eric Freeman, 
who is Cleveland's leading proponent of satanic thought. He is uh, formerly associated with Anton LaVey and some of his children from the Church of Satan. Well, I'm curious about full-term possession, like wholly giving yourself over to dark forces, and I think of no better format for doing so than Satanism, where the foundational right is selling your soul to the biggest dark force of all, the devil. Um, so tonight we will be conducting uh, one of the satanic rituals as written by LaVey, the Ceremony of the Nine Angles, and uh, we will hopefully be summoning the Goat of a Thousand Ages and maybe indoctrinating ourselves into the Order of the Nine Angles, which is a secret society of Satanists, perhaps the most secret society of Satanists, who advocate animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, and reshaping the world according to your will. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Well, like, what is Satanism, like, really? I mean, to me, it's a logical format of exactly how to fundamentally get the most out of life without any kind of dogma, superstition, fear, or anything else controlling you. It's you being completely in control of your universe. Okay. And in Satanism, we have our own, you know, general structure of how we treat people. Oh, can you describe that structure? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. We absolutely do not turn the other cheek. Um, stupidity is the number one sin. If you're magic and you create something, never doubt yourself, because once you doubt yourself, it's gone. Can you walk me through the roots of uh, American Satanism? I would state that uh, most ideas of Western Satanism has probably come from the Fool Society back in, the, uh, in Germany in the uh, early 1900s. After that, you absolutely have Crowley, who is the most evil man you know, alive. I mean, when you look at him, his do what thou wilt turned into do your own thing, which is absolutely instrumental in the structure of the 60s, the 70s, you know, even today with Electro Freak Flag Vine, like that's all based on Crowley, who's the most evil man in the world, but then you have this hippie peace movement that spawns from this gentleman. You can even go to Charles Manson, who was uh, instrumental in Atwa, what is it, Air Trees, Water, Earth, I believe. The Green Movement today is all based on Charles Manson. This is a man that's still in prison today who never killed anyone. Like, if you want to talk about will and what you can create, that man, like, that man knows what's going on. And that's why they have him in a cage. Satan represents the powers of force in nature, and we feel that a cleansing of the idiot ideology of the pallid, incompetent Christ is uh, in order. And so uh, this is something that the Church of Satan is conducting on many different avenues. We're doing this through the use of... Uh, uh, what we have called aesthetic terrorism. Uh, this involves the creative use of art, uh, music, writing, uh, effectively what we call propaganda, the dissemination of information to uh, influence uh, what we call iron youth. Welcome to the Way of the Master. In this program, we're going to look at something that very few people even think about, unless you happen to see a grisly murder scene with satanic symbols at the scene of the crime. We're talking about Satanism and its dark effect and influence upon a generation. Stay with us, because we're not only going to look at the obvious and blatant work of humanity's greatest enemy, but also uncover some of the most subtle of satanic deceptions. We recently went to a heavy metal music festival and asked the people if they thought the music had any satanic influence. But there's this whole satanic influence that's believed to be behind rock and roll music. Do you think that's true? Oh, no. Do you think 
Satan has any influence over rock music? No, I don't believe that. Really? No. That's right here. You gotta be saved in order to go to heaven. We will no longer be oppressed by the fascism of Christianity. think that you know satanism you know it's not like that it's just music it's rock and roll that's all it is so the rest that's of it's just kind it of a show oh yeah. yeah frank zappa declared i'm the devil's advocate we have our own worshipers who are called groupies girls will give their bodies to musicians as you would give a sacrifice to a god you can have my soul frank zappa not only promoted satanism but acknowledged the subversive power of music Satan was one of the greatest musicians alive, right? Wasn't he? And then he turned evil, but I don't think this is really recommending evil. I think kids' outlooks on music is described more or less like what's cool and what's not, you know? Do you think Satan has any influence on rock music? No. No. Uh, I wouldn't say it's satanic. No. no, it's not satanic. It's cool. You know, people listen to what they want to listen to. They take it quite seriously. I look into the faces of our fans, and I see that they've been touched by the Dark Carnival the same way that I've been. They're playing my tapes in your own car, in the tape, and I'm influencing your children. Do you think he has any influence over rock music? No. Not at all? Not at all. There's no message in rock music that has anything to do with the devil or Satan or anything like that. Tony Araya of Slayer, who influenced millions of people, stated, quote, Our fans will go out and do whatever you ask. In their song, Altar of Sacrifice, they write about sacrificing a young lady. Quote, waiting the hour, destined to die, here on the table of hell, high priest awaiting, dagger in hand, spilling the pure virgin's blood, Satan's daughter, enter the realm. After two Slayer fans brutally murdered a 15-year-old girl, one of them admitted, I'm embarrassed that I allowed Slayer's music to influence me. Yet another Slayer fan wrote into Spin Magazine declaring, quote, I hate your God, Jesus Christ. Satan is my Lord. I sacrifice animals for him. My God is Slayer. It is the words of their music I believe in. Aleister Crowley, who died in 1947, is known as the father of modern Satanism. Here's Ozzy Osbourne singing a tribute to this satanic high priest. Black Sabbath was launched in the U.S. with a party in San Francisco with the head of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, presiding over proceedings. All of a sudden, Sabbath were Satan's right-hand men. Black Sabbath became one of hundreds of bands recruiting millions of young people to Satan, reported even to go as far to give altar calls to receive Satan as Lord. The band Queen is one of the most popular rock bands that the world has ever seen. Queen was headed up by frontman and flamboyant homosexual Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury definitely understood that the devil was gifting him with riches and worldly fame. While playing live at the Rainbow in London, Mercury held out his hand, showing off his diamond-studded black glove, declaring that it was a present from Satan himself. Do you like my claws? The real diamonds. It's a present from the devil himself. It's a present from the devil himself. You don't believe me. They don't believe me. <laughs> 
Mercury confessed that Satan, also known in the Bible as Beelzebub, set a demon aside for him. Mercury makes this stunning declaration in Queen's famous song, Bohemian Rhapsody. Beelzebub is the biblical name in Matthew 12:24 for Satan, the ruler of demons. So in reality, Mercury is declaring that Beelzebub, aka Satan, has a devil or demon set aside just for him, ensuring his success in deluding the masses. On stage, I'm a devil. Bohemian Rhapsody is in part about Mercury willingly selling his soul to the devil and realizing what he has done. This may be why he sings the following lyrics. Mama, she's killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, now he's dead. Mama, life had just begun. The man in the song that Mercury appeared to kill was himself, when he willfully surrendered his soul to serve Satan for fame and fortune in exchange for a demon that channeled his body and vocal cords singing through him like a puppet, helping to lead millions into sexual perversion, lawlessness, and destructive lifestyles. If admitting before live audiences that he is being gifted by Satan, and singing that Satan had a devil set aside for him, along with saying that on stage he's the devil wasn't enough. Here we see Mercury even appearing to depict himself as the devil, falling from heaven, and transferring demonic power to his horned fans. Jesus characterized how the lost world would be in the last days just prior to his return in divine judgment by declaring that it would be just like it was in the days of Lot, when the wicked world had imposed their homosexuality on others in the land of Sodom, just before it was destroyed with fire and brimstone. Satan's objective in the last days before Christ's return, as in Isaiah chapter 5, is to call good evil and evil good, and draw as many spiritually blind souls to hell as possible. Adam Lambert, who had been chosen by Queen to replace Freddie Mercury years after his death as their front man for different concert tours, had himself been incredibly impacted by Mercury and Queen. Lambert, though not always as flamboyant as Freddie Mercury, has also flaunted his occult connections. Here we see Lambert with the Eye of Horus made popular in the Western world by Satanist Aleister Crowley. Here we see Lambert making the occult eye in the triangle symbol, which has also been used by Crowley's followers and represents the satanic power behind the new eon of Horus or Satan. Here we see that Lambert is wearing a shirt glorifying Satanist Aleister Crowley, who was a pedophile and ate human poop in his rituals. In Aleister Crowley's book, The World's Tragedy, he wrote that part of his mission was, quote, to proclaim sodomy as an aristocratic value, which our middle class had better imitate if they wished to be smart. Let me seduce the boys of England, end quote. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. Crowley wanted his followers to envision or imagine a world without God, without heaven, without hell, where everybody was doing what thou wilt and following the Antichrist. Queen joined John Lennon, who had placed a picture of Aleister Crowley on their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album, and quoted Crowley's axiom, Do What Thou Wilt, as the Beatles' philosophy before he died. Queen joined Lennon in bashing God and attacking the worship of God in singing Lennon's godless song, Imagine. Your religion too. Yeah! 
The reality is that the music of Queen is really quite religious, as we have seen, but the religion entails the rejection of Jesus Christ and replaces it with a counterfeit religious system which is about the worship of the devil and globalism without the one true God. God's word teaches that the spirit of Antichrist will draw the world together with one vision of one world and one religion with no regard to what's right or wrong. In Queen's song, One Vision, Mercury glorifies the coming one world government and one world religion centered around one man which will be the Antichrist himself. Mercury asks this lie, the satanic glorification of the philosophy of do what thou wilt, declaring that there is no morality or no right or wrong. Sadly, before he died, Freddie Mercury, well aware of surrendering his soul to Beelzebub, as he put it, stated that he preferred the torments of hell to heaven. Do you think you're going to get to heaven? No, I don't want to. You don't want to? No, hell's much better. <laughs> Look at the interesting people that you're going to meet down there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Can somebody say amen? amen. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I know a lot of this looked old, but if I, I could not show what is going on in today's day and age, it is even worse, and it explains why so many of our youth, so many of our teens um, are leaving the faith because they're being influenced not only by this music, uh, the culture, Gaming, um, you name it. And so this morning, uh, without further ado, um, I, I do want to read something, though. I, I just feel I got to read this because there, there is a lie that, that hell's going to be a popping place. It says in Jude 1 7, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah, the surrounding towns, gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal life. 2 Thessalonians 1 9 says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might forever. Matthew 13, 50, and throw them into a blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Revelations 21, 8, but the cowardly and the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consumed to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This will be the second death. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen? Without further ado, I would like to bring up Jeannie Adams this morning. Jeannie, where are you at? Let's give her a hand. Amen. Oh, Jeannie, thank you for being here this morning. Um, doesn't she look nice? Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm so blessed to be here with you this morning. I just want to get straight into this, okay? I don't want to waste any time. Um, yesterday we were talking, and 
you said you, you've been going to church since you were eight years old. And uh, I think that's an amazing thing. I think that's, uh, that's wonderful. So since you were eight years old, you've been attending church. And uh, from there, though, you know, kind of in and out and uh, spiritually. And, uh, but you said there was something when you were 15 years old, there was something memorable, something important happened in your life when you were 15 years old. What was that? birthday party um, she was downstairs in a room um, with a Ouija board with a few friends they started to ask the Ouija board questions um, and it was moving too slowly for them so she went ahead and invited the spirit to come into her uh, then we had a friend that ran upstairs <laughs> and got me in the kitchen and told me what had happened and then um, another friend um, uh, brought her up the staircase and um, onto the couch. And when I came around the kitchen um, and looked at Michelle in the living room, uh, it, evil, just terror kind of rushed through me. Uh, I wanted to run out the front door. <laughs> but I took a deep breath and I walked up to the coffee table and sat down um, on it. And then I said, Michelle, and then her head turned towards me, and then her eyes rolled back white, and in a voice not her own, she said, it said, she is no longer here. Then uh, her body started to convulse. Um, we had two guys trying to hold down her arms and her legs, um, and with a strength not her own. No, I am talking about Michelle okay. Springer, okay, okay. yes. Um, with a strength not her own, she, um, she threw back the two guys. One of them actually hit the wall um, behind him. Um, during this time period, I was just basically having a download from God. Um, I knew that greater is he was in me than he was in the world, and I had to know greater is he who is in me than he who is in the Can world. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> amen. Um, then also, it wasn't a long battle. When Jesus cast um, the demons into the pigs, it was just go. And then Jesus sent his disciples in his name. So I said, go, in the name of Jesus, go. And I said that three times. Now, when Michelle and I have shared this together, Michelle um, has said um, that she remembers inviting the spirit into uh, into her and that she was just pushed aside. She was no longer in control of her body or in control of her voice. Um, and then when she got upstairs, she remembers being put on the couch and she got upstairs. She's like, Jeannie, help me, Jeannie, help me, Jeannie, help me. And then she heard my voice say, Jesus. And then she switched. <laughs> And said, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. Well, then her body went calm. Um, and in a room of 50 teenagers, you could have heard a pin drop on a carpet. It was so silent. Um, and then I finally worked up the courage to say, Michelle. And in her own voice, she said, yeah. And then the following Sunday, um, we told Pastor Ireland all that had happened. 
And we learned that it wasn't just important to send Satan away, but to invite Jesus in. Wow. So, uh, real quick, Jenny, after your experience uh, with the demonic realm through the Ouija board, um, about a year and a half later, it says right here, you started playing another game. What was that? I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so how did that get started? Um, I knew somebody who played Dungeons and Dragons and wanted to just, you know, hang out. Um, it started with, you know, enjoying the pizza and the ice cream sandwiches, and we were the good guys. Um, but it didn't stay that way. So you're eating pizza, hanging out, just having a good time, and playing D&D. And you were the good guys. Um, what do you mean it didn't stay that way? Well, our characters got high level, and we um, each took a country on a map, and we were going to fight each other. And so I was not a very good military person, so I hooked up with somebody um, who was. And I took my two half-demonic characters um, into the country before him, and I would take down those with keys to the kingdom, the priests, the pastors, and disconnect them from God. Um, and so in the game, when you disconnected the priests and the pastors from God and then the people from God, then they couldn't, um, they weren't very much aware and they couldn't defend themselves very well. So our score to ratio, when we rolled the dice, we would be more likely to hit them. And then also they were less likely to hit us. Um, and then when they had, uh, those that were wounded, they would stay in the hospital longer because they were not connected to God to heal. So we just went from country to country and took over each country. Well, then um, I started doing this in real life. We had um, a South African pastor that came, a missionary, and we, you know, gave email addresses or whatever. And when he went back to South Africa, he would email me, and he would, you know, share that he's struggling with ministry or with people or whatever. And I just made it worse. I um, just stirred the pot and made it worse between him and his people. And then over a course of time, um, that ministry shut down. And so a ministry that was um, feeding children whose parents died from AIDS um, was shut down, and those children were out on the street. the pastor came he came to this church okay uh, when did you when did you get a revelation that that something was wrong because I mean you know we could we could I mean I could listen to Ozzy all day and somehow say hey it's just music that's just pumping me up to work out um, but at, when do you get a revelation and say something's not right here this is this is there's something wrong going on Pastor Ireland was preaching a message, and in a list of other things that he mentioned, he said to be aware of Dungeons and Dragons. He said that? Yes. 
<laughs> and I lived across the street from him at that time. So I finally worked up the nerve and knocked on his door and, um, and asked, you know, so what's wrong with Dungeons and Dragons? And Pastor Island was like, now Jeannie, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but it does say um, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is right, whatever is praiseworthy, uh, admirable. Yes, the scripture in Ephesians, if that can be pulled up. Uh, Ephesians 4.8. Um, and then after he listed all those things, he's like, Jeannie, is, um, is Dungeons and Dragons true? Mm, no. Is it pure? No. Lovely? Praiseworthy? No. At this point, he figured out that, um, oh, you mean those cars across the street that gather every Saturday, you guys are playing Dungeons and Dragons? I was discovering. Um, after that, I started seeing Pastor Ireland walk and pray past my house every Saturday, because he walked and prayed every day. But now I, could, I saw him on Saturdays. And I both loved and hated him for it. Um, I hated it because I want to do what I want to do, thank you very much. <laughs> I loved him for it because if I was ever going to get out of it, it was going to be through his prayer. Um, so I kind of put a wall up, though, when he, he was walking by because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, but God was still punching holes through those walls. Um, I got to watch a documentary um, on druids, which was my favorite character. And in the game, and the game was my favorite character. And um, the culture and the history and the incantations were all real. So the game was less fictional than I thought. Um, then uh, winter came, and Pastor Island wore a red sock hat <laughs> as he walked past my house. And my dad always used to wear a red sock hat um, while he was working in the garage fixing furniture. And so I didn't want to disappoint somebody who is like a fatherly figure to me. So I went inside the house, I got all my stuff, and I threw it in the fireplace to light it on fire, and uh, it wouldn't light. I tried twice, and it didn't light. I started to reach into the fireplace to grab out my favorite character, that druid, and the phone rang. And uh, um, a co-worker from work, who happened to just be a Christian, said, um, noticed something in my voice and goes, Jeannie, what's wrong? <laughs> and I said, I actually told her what I was in the middle of doing. And she prayed for me. And then, um, and then uh, she said, you know what, Jeannie, when you hang up this phone, I want you to light that on fire and I'm going to continue to pray for you. And then I lit it on fire, and it burned. Uh, so were you healed at that moment? Were you completely like, I'm healed, I'm good, I'm, I'm going back to church, I'm going to give Pastor Ireland a big hug, 
No, um, that guilt just weighed on me. Um, the principle that's found in James um, that says, you know, go and confess your sins to one another, and then you will be healed. I, because of my church background, I knew the, you know, that, the importance of that. And so I uh, found somebody I trust that I could um, confess my sin to. And we got to pray through everything um, so that I could find that release from that guilt. Um, if you happen to be under guilt or in the middle of something you're struggling with, go find someone to pray with. Go find someone that'll help you pray through and be set free. And then remember Ephesians. Think on whatever is pure and holy and true and admirable and praiseworthy. And then, and not that, make sure that, that your movies, your music, your game is pure. church it's crazy I, I remember seeing uh, kids who wanted to be missionaries kids who said I want I'll work at McDonald's and I just want to serve Jesus like I don't care about making money I don't care about this or that or and the next thing you know the moment they get a job the moment they start working in an atmosphere where there's this music or this influence of gaming and people you see a change in their attitude you see a change in their spirit I've seen church kids out of nowhere go to church every Sunday with their parents, but secretly hiding things in their house, in their room, and the parents don't even know about it. And I know this because I was one of them. I went and secretly bought a Limp Biscuit album. I went to Walmart, this is back in the day when you could go listen to the, you could pop the CD in and listen to it on the headphones, and you go to Barnes and Noble and you could play the music, and, and I wasn't a bad kid. I mean, my parents might tell you something different, but I thought I was a good kid. I thought I was a good kid. I, I, was, I, did, I listened to my parents and everything right. But there was something about music that did something to my spirit, did something to my soul. It fed me. Like, I wasn't able to go home and listen to that. My parents just listened to boring Christian music. But I look back and I thank God that they listened to that boring and Christian music. And when they found out that I had that Limp Biscuit album tucked underneath my bed, why was I hiding it? I don't know. Or do I know? I had to hide it. And they, the moment they found out, they said, hey, you ain't bringing that music into my house. And I, and, and so I said, how dare you? You hate me. You're horrible. This blah, 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 blah. And they said, when you turn 18 years old, if that's what you want to listen to, and if that's what you want to bring into your house, then you do it in your house. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, Carlos. And I remember getting so upset. And what's crazy is the rules and the strict rules that they had on me, they did not have on my other siblings. And I remember telling my mom, and I would tell her to her face if she came to service today, because she would tell you the same testimony. What are you doing? How are you allowed? Look, that, we were really rough on you. 
it was hard. You don't remember all the times you cried and the heartache you went through and peer pressure and stuff. We, we're just, it's, we're allowing them to grow and, and make their own decisions. You know, they're not hurting anybody watching these movies. He wants to watch Scarface, let him watch Scarface, it's okay. He wants to listen to this rock music, it's okay. It's not hurting anybody. Like Jeannie said, what's honorable, what's noble, what's pure? So speaking of worship music, because I love worship music, Real quick, I did want to say something, though. As hard as it was for you to get rid of the Dungeons and Dragons, just to get rid of a Beatles poster, it was like pulling teeth. Now, look, I got, look, some could say there's nothing wrong with the Beatles poster, but see, you understand, that music was taking me down the wrong road. The music spoke to me, and it started inviting things into my life, and it would lead me down this path to next thing you know, I was thinking and doing things that I never, I never imagined I would do or think because of the music that I was listening to, the doors that I was opening. It took, it was, it, it was hard for me to, to let go of this stuff. And which shows me that that was actually a God. And I was putting that before God. That was my God. And my God says, there shall be no other gods before me. So, speaking of worship music, what is your favorite worship song? Matt? My favorite worship song is Jailbreak. It's absolutely my favorite song. Why is that? Because I am set free. My chains are gone, and that is my testimony. so many teenagers and people who don't escape. And then there are people like us who do escape, but we bring people that we love in with us to that, and they, like Lot's daughters, never escape. <laughs> Lot escaped. His wife looked back, turned to a pillar of salt. His daughters went with him. He escaped, but his daughter spiritually did not escape. Be careful where we take the people we love. I feel, I feel a leading right now. I know we don't got it on the screen. We don't got the... I, I don't even need the microphone. Sing with me this chorus. Go on and speak against my borrowed innocence. The judge is my defense. I'm going free. Right when the gavel fell, I heard the free... Bell ring through the heart of hell. I'm going free. I'm going free. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Through my shackles in the sea. Glory, glory, hallelujah. 
who is in me than he who is in the world. I want, I want to encourage you. Maybe there's something in your house. Maybe you got Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know what, whatever, whatever that is, that thing that you're putting before God or that thing that is not holy, not right, you know, maybe it was something given to you from a family member and you said, well, this is whatever that is. I would encourage you to take it before God and say, Lord, is this thing coming before you? Is this honorable? Or do I need to burn this? God is not only going to be purging this church, but he wants to purge our lives. Because as we go into a new season, we've, church, we've gone through so much. I've talked to so many pastors that have heard everything we have gone through. They're so, man, you guys are still, we are still a church. God is still here. He's still moving. And he's going to continue to move. He's going to build. He says, Pastor Carlos, I want to build on a holy church. I want to build on a righteous church. I don't want to build on fluff and religious games. I want to build on the word of God. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he's going to do. And unless he tells me otherwise, I will be here. There is no retirement for me. Amen. I will be here if, unless he doesn't want me, I will be here as long as he wants me to. Amen. And God is going to do some amazing things up in this church through you guys, through the kids, whose foundation is going to be on the word of God and his righteousness, holiness, and be a set apart from this world. Amen. Not of the world, in the world, but not like the world. And any demon spirit that doesn't like it, that doesn't want to be a part of it, like I said, God is going to purge. He's going to protect. It's not going to come easy. But may God be with us. May God go before us. And may God bless our church. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Before we, before we close, I want to give someone here the opportunity to be free. To be free in Jesus' name. To not leave this place bitter, upset, um, mad. If you're mad because I said, look, God loves Freddie Mercury. God died for him too. He died for anybody. It don't matter who they are, what, the, what they've done in their life. I am a sinner just like him that needs saving. But God's given us all a free will. And we have to make a choice today to say, you know what? I, I choose to turn from this ungodliness. I choose to turn from the ways of the world. I choose to turn and I surrender my life to you, God. And if that's you this morning, I'd like you to bow your head with me and we're going to pray. As a matter of fact, I think it would be an amazing thing if Miss Jeannie, this morning, if you could lead someone, maybe they're watching online, maybe you're here with us this morning, lead us through the sinner's prayer. Pray with us this morning. As we accept Christ into our life, if you want to accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you want to repent of your sin, maybe you were raised in church, teenager, maybe you're here this morning, you know you got stuff up in the house, and you know your parents, maybe your parents don't mind, maybe they don't care, but God does care. And you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be set apart, I don't want to be playing these games anymore, I don't want to be, I, I don't, I don't want to follow the ways of this world, I want to be set apart, God, I want to live, and I want to be able to be a light to the world so people that are in that muck, that are doing this stuff, can look at me and say, if they can do it, so can I. Amen. Maybe 
If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. Our sister's going to pray with us this morning. All heads bowed, all eyes closed across this place. Amen. Father God Almighty, thank you for a moment that you can just bring, uh, open our eyes, like you have done for me. Father, if that is uh, the case here and be it in a life or two here, Father, we repeat with you, you guys. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. I turn away from music or movies or gaming, Father God, and I turn towards you. May I focus on whatever is holy and pure and true. Father, I invite you into my life. And Lord God, set me free. Set me free from my chains. In the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Before we close, real quick, um, who, normally I know what's going on, but I gotta ask, who put this beautiful thing up in for the foyer for past appreciation? Can we give a hand to Jan? Normally, normally I, I got texts and I gotta go take care of things and talk to people in the back and stuff, but right now I'm gonna head to make my way there. If you wanna get a picture, I, again, um, it's a privilege and honor to serve you to be your pastor, to love you, to pray for you, to think about you, to call you when you're not here, not because I'm like, where are you at? Because I care. <laughs> and maybe a little bit, where are you at? <laughs> but today, after second service, I know you said we're gonna sell hot dogs. May I ask, please, can we just give them away for free today? Thank you. So after second service, today we got a, we got a lot of hot dogs. They're gonna grill them fresh. Homemade chili, the best chili in town. And so all that today, that's just a gift to the church. Just be blessed. After the second service, you want to come back, be blessed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you, God, that you saved a wretch like me. The blood of Jesus over our church, the blood of Jesus over this family. God, we lift up, Lord, all those who aren't here this morning who couldn't make it, who are ill, sick in body. Lord, you know who they are. I pray that you just cover them right now. And Lord, we just thank you, God, for those who recommitted, who dedicated their life to you, who gave their life to you, who surrendered their heart to you. And I pray, God, no one here this morning would walk out like Judas and feel like they've betrayed you, Lord. I pray that the enemy would not win this morning. The blood of Jesus over your church, purchase God, protect us, prune my life if you have to, Lord, whatever you've got to do, that we as a church be set apart, holy to you, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, church. Thank you.